You're listening to the West End Frame Show. And welcome to the West End Frame Show. I'm your host and West End Frame editor, Andrew Tomlins. And if you're new to the podcast, usually each week I'm joined by a special co-host and we chat about all of that week's theatre news and theatrical openings. But today, whilst we're on our between series break, I'm bringing you a special mini episode to round up all the shows that I saw at this year's Edinburgh. Fringe Festival. It was so incredible to be back in Edinburgh for the Fringe. I go to Scotland quite a lot, but because of the pandemic, it was my first time at the Fringe, like everyone since 2019, to be back there and to see it packed full of stagey people running from show to show was absolutely incredible. So anyway, I'm going to tell you all about the shows I've seen. I saw completely different things and hopefully if you're going to the Fringe, this will be useful and you'll get a few recommendations. So first of all, I kicked things off with Wreckage, which is a brand new LGBTQ plus drama, which is premiering officially at The Fringe. So I saw a reading of the play, which is by Tom Ratcliffe last year at the Turbine Theatre. So it was really cool to see it in a full production and see how it has developed since that reading. It's a two-hander so Tom who wrote it is in the show alongside the amazing Michael Walters who you might know from Steve which recently ran at the Seven Dials Playhouse or The Inheritance in the West End. Um, It's basically a show about grief, about grief from a gay man who loses his partner and why I think this show is interesting and important is that it's going beyond what we often see in gay theatre where uh, we're exploring the AIDS crisis and gay misery essentially and the things that are usually attached and associated with being LGBTQ+. Um, And we just see a couple and they're torn apart due to an accident. And then we see how this character, Sam, deals with this life and how he carries on. And we are literally taken through this emotional roller coaster of a journey. It's so tight, it's so swift. Tom and Michael do not stop. It's an intense performance that they both have to give. And they are literally nonstop. And Ricky Beadle Blair, MBE, who directed it, has just done a fantastic job because it's so focused. There's projections, which work really nicely. The great sound is used. Um, And I think it takes you by surprise. It lulls you in. Everything's set up really quickly and it kind of is quite hard hitting. And then you go on a journey of these characters and... Let me tell you, by the end, I was in tears. I was a bit of a mess. Um, It had changed. There's various things that have changed since the reading, which I was so impressed by. Um, But it got me. There were sniffles around me. I could tell it got the people around me as well. Um, So that's, I'd say, a really hot 
tip i'd say it's also a piece to keep an eye on um it'd be interesting to see what future life this show could have i think it's so real it's so relatable and i think it's also a really positive step for lgbtq plus theater to just see a different kind of story still a sad story but sad for different reasons so wreckage is running at summer hall and it is there all fringe so make sure you go and check it out next up i finally got to see the musical fantastically great women who changed the world which has been doing the rounds it's been on tour it just did a season at the theater royal stratford east and now it is at the fringe and lots of people are kind of comparing it to six there's been so much talk so much hype about it it's got the most incredible cast of west then talent top talent top voices um and i think i think i'm right in saying this that it's been slightly cut down slightly condensed so that it works within a fringe setting the musical is based on the award-winning picture book by suffragette descendant kate pankhurst and it essentially follows this girl who is at a school trip at a local museum and she finds herself in a not yet open gallery of greatness where she gets to meet all sorts of incredible historic figures so we're talking people like Rosa Parks and Emmeline Pankhurst there's a cameo from Anne Frank and it is I would say inspiring it is important it's got some great music it's told in a bold way in terms of what this show could do I don't know if it's like six in the way that it's so commercial and so adaptable and it's going to end up having 10 productions running simultaneously worldwide and on tour and in all the major theatrical territories however i do think it could have a really strong life i think in terms of teaching history to our young people this is the best possible way you could do it I just think if a show like this was going to schools and I mean if it can be done like this at the fringe it could literally be done anywhere it's 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 kind of easily put together relatively easy put together it's a fairly big venue but it's not overly complicated um so I could just see it doing school tours or school trips coming in in their coach load to see it um it could always like run in rep with the musical in the West End, where you know, almost like with Six, for example, it could it could do morning and early matinee performances alongside another show doing evenings and throw in a couple of evenings for good measure. Um, I think the music is incredible, it's strong and it's catchy, but it does feel family-esque. Um, whilst it's modern and it's appealing um, and it's catchy, I don't know if it's strong enough to really stand out with the other major musicals that we have opening all the time. What I can tell you is that we are so spoiled with this cast. It is outrageous. Renee Lamb, oh my goodness, she can do no wrong. Um, just the most insane voice, but also stage presence, so captivating to watch. And it was so great to see Kirsty Skivington as Emily Pankhurst. She is fierce, she is commanding, but the rest of the company as well, they gave their all and 
they look like they're having a ball, but they also have to work hard and keep everyone's attention. And I was really impressed by it. It was so exciting to finally see this show. And I cannot wait to see its journey and what else it goes on to achieve. Um, so make sure if you're at the Fringe, you perhaps see a musical, one to watch, go and see fantastically great women who change the world. Okay, I'm literally taking you through my first day. So I, I had a hard-hitting play, then I saw a lovely, kind of inspiring, important musical telling us these stories about this amazing female historical figures. So I was on a high, and then, oh my goodness, this might be the show of my trip. I saw Ruckus, another brand new show, this time a one-person play, written and starring Jenna Ficken. Um... And it's this show about coercive control. And it's making a lot of points. So in the sh within the show material, it says that coercive control is an issue not widely recognised, and yet its side effects kill up to three women every single week in the UK. Um, and each moment of ruckus has been inspired by real women and real stories. And that when you come out or whilst you're watching it is just what makes it hit so hard. It is so deep and essentially so heavy. But what's so brilliant about the play is that it is frighteningly real. It's like a reality check. I think with when we're looking at domestic abuse and when we're looking at coercive control, you often hear stories and you hear experiences and you say, oh, that wouldn't happen to me, though. Or that couldn't happen to me. You kind of write it off. And the way that Jenna has written this show, um, she plays Lou, a 20-year-old primary school teacher, who's quite strong. She's got something about her, a bit quirky. She's under the usual pressures that society puts women in their late 20s under, you know, pressure to get married and have kids and to settle down. And you can see your friends are all doing that. Um, we see how she falls into this trap, or not even trap, how she finds herself in this horrendous situation where she eventually loses control and is in grave danger. Um, we see everything from how the behaviour happens lightly at the beginning, um, how the foundations are built for this behaviour to happen, and then also how uh, uh, potential escape routes aren't successful. So intervention from friends, um, people raising concerns at work. Um, it's very powerful. Jenna puts not only every emotion, but also every bone in her body is used. The movement is just divine. You can't take your eyes off her. The sound, again, the technical elements and the projections that we see, etc., are just complement the play so well. And I don't want you to think that it's all doom and gloom and all really heavy. It's actually very real and relatable and funny in places. And it's not... Uh, I think because there's so much direct address. It feels like you're being told the story and you're very aware that you're watching a piece of theatre throughout. Um, having said that, there were moments where I gasped loudly and was like, no, this can't happen. This has to stop because some of the scenes that you witness are just unimaginable. Um, so Ruckus was 
exquisite. I would say it's just storytelling at its best and it's an insane piece of theatre and important as well. And I hope that a lot of people get to see it at Fringe and I hope that even more people get to see it after Fringe as well. Um, it needs to go on and have future life because it's just essential, it's important. And it's also a reminder of what theatre can do and this is a show that could almost potentially save someone's life. And that is just quite staggering. So if I've sold it to you <laughs> and you're at Fringe, Ruckus is also at Summer Hall and you should definitely go and check it out. Okay, on to day two, and I just saw two shows. So first up, I saw Happy Meal, which is a new play by Tabby Lamb. And oh my goodness, this show, I went in knowing nothing and it totally charmed me and got me into it and loving it and then unexpectedly at the end it got me and it was powerful um what it explores and it's also being a millennial it was just the most amazing trip down memory lane because we see these two strangers meet online and they're friendship, that online friendship, essentially progresses through various different platforms of social media and instant messaging and all the ones that we grew up with and went from. Um, so we get to see a bit of MSN and MySpace, literally all the throwbacks. Um, so at first, it's really a play about two strangers meeting and then we see how they find themselves and their personal journeys. And it looks at gender identity. And these two characters turn out to be trans. And they both have different ways of coming out and find themselves in different ways. And it just leads to some of the most touching moments between them. I think for a lot of people, this could be a really life-affirming play. It's so sharply written by Tabby Lamb, directed by Jamie Fletcher. Oh my gosh, the most really cool set by Ben Stones and video design by Daniel Denton. But really have to shout out to Sam and Ali, who work so hard on that stage. They go on a journey. It is demanding. They hit every comedic bee, especially Ali just has some outrageously funny moments. She is a force of nature on that stage and carries so many moments and it's captivating. And, you know, I've just seen her being incredible in Legally Blonde, where she's been dancing and giving everything. And here she is holding a two-hander play in an intimate place, just a completely different challenge, absolutely smashing it. And then Sam is just so wonderful and they bring so much heart and you just want to give them the biggest hug. And there's some beautiful lines. There's one line towards the end that will really stay with me and I don't want to give it away because I want you to go and see it. But in a time where as a society we aren't doing enough to support trans people um this play is just needed and necessary and again actually like I was saying at record with wreckage at the start it's just a different example of representation on stage and this is essentially a positive example of two people finding themselves in 
the crazy world of social media and there is just so much to take away from it and oh my gosh the audience was so behind it and we're laughing and we're fully swept away on the journey it was perfection and then finally oh my goodness I went to see Rob Madge's show, My Sons Are Queer, But What Can You Do? So this show ran at the Turbine Theatre last year, and it's this one-person show that Rob's put together. Um, It explores their childhood and all the crazy things they did as a child as they found themselves loving performing and Disney parades and essentially Rob works towards putting on their very own Disney parade this time at the Edinburgh Fringe and as they prepare for that we get guided through this astonishing archive of family footage and videos of Rob putting on shows and all sorts of things as a child and it's just brilliant and it is hysterical and then out of nowhere at the end it is so powerful and it is so emotional and it speaks to so many people on so many levels and I really wasn't expecting to but I was cracking I was emotional I was an emotional wreck at the end I couldn't stop crying um and Rob just Rob kind of touches on their gender identity so subtly but so powerfully because they are non-binary and um, they share a tweet from their dad which is just so beautiful giving advice to another parent essentially um, about accepting their child and it's just so powerful and it's also just amazing to see somebody living their best life celebrating and utilizing their quirks and the weird and wonderful things they did as a child and essentially coming through and winning at life now because of it because audiences are flocking in to see the show and it is selling out just like it sold out in London last year and I really hope that there is future life for this show. I'm so intrigued to see what producer Paul Taylor Mills and what Rob want to do with it. Could it come to the West End for a limited run? Could it tour? Like, There's clearly an audience for it, but it's all about how you get the audience to come and the right setting for it. And I really, really, really hope there's lots of future life for it and cannot wait to see it again somewhere somehow in some form because it is just the most exquisite piece of theatre so Rob Madge my sons are queer but what can you do is running at underbelly George Square oh and I just realized that I didn't say Happy Meal which was the last show I was talking about is running at the Traverse Theatre and it's my first time going to the Traverse Theatre and it's beautiful it's so gorgeous and um has lovely toilets good Wi-Fi. It's everything you need from an Edinburgh fringe venue. Perfection. Um, And there we go. That is what I saw at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. That was a mere five shows. There is so much to see. 
I'm hearing so many wonderful things about what the Royal Conservatoire of Scotland have. Apparently they're doing Godspell with their third years, I think, and you have the most insane vocals. An evening without Kate Bush is back at the Fringe. I saw that last time and adored it. It was so funny. Um, I wish my life were like a musical as well, selling out every day, bringing us stagey joy at the Fringe. Um, so there's so much to see and it's so wonderful to see so much brilliant theatre being celebrated and I cannot wait to see what shows transfer and what these artists go on to achieve after a busy old month and it is not easy being a creative in Edinburgh it's more expensive than ever and more complicated than ever so I really truly take my hat off to anybody who is making theatre happen in Edinburgh this year. Thank you so much for joining me for this mini Ed Fringe special edition of the West End Frame Show. We will be back in September, a few weeks into September, for a brand new series of the West End Frame Show. So hit subscribe, hit follow, and come back and join us in September for your weekly stagey catch-up. We love hearing from you, so follow West End Frame on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Check out our interviews podcast in the frame and I'll be back very soon for lots more stagey catch-ups. Mm-hmm.